This is an MVP podcast, My Village Productions. Welcome to Unsolved America, a show where we explore unsolved mysteries throughout the United States. I'm your host, Tiffany. And I'm your host, Andy, and each week we will throw a dart at the map and wherever it lands is the location of our mystery. This week, I landed on South Carolina. Did you? I did. I think I did. You did. You did. You did. You're good. Uh, We're going to talk about a little boy named Jeremy James Grice. Okay. Um, He was born on May 12th, 1981. Okay. And at the time of this occurrence, he was four years old. Oh, wow. So the morning of, or let's back up one day. So the night of November 21st. Okay. 1985, Jeremy's mom went to work and left her son and daughter with their stepdad, okay. who she was married to. Um, they lived in a trailer with Donna, which is his mom's name, and Nikki, which okay. is his stepdad's name, along with his seventh-month-old sister um, in the Russell Hills development. Okay. Located between Bath and Beach Island, just off Pine Log Road. And this is all in the Aiken County in South Carolina. So his mom came back at 1 a.m. on November 22nd. Okay. It was cold and windy that night, and there was really heavy rain beating down. Uh, and then also, it she was exhausted. She went to go check in on her kids. They were both asleep, and then she decided to go to bed. And she talked to her husband a little bit. Her husband told her that he had tucked Jeremy into bed the night before and everything was all good. Okay. She went to sleep, but then decided or woke up around 7 a.m. to make some coffee for her husband who was heading to work. She was still really tired, so she decided to go back to bed. Okay. But on her way back to bed, she stopped in and checked on Jeremy again. Okay. Jeremy's room was closed. She opened the door. She saw the covers all squished up. Oh. So it could have looked like somebody wasn't there. But at the same time, he had a propensity to, like, squish all the covers above him. So she really didn't think of it, think anything of it. Okay. Um, So then she went to go check on his sister. Okay. And then she decided to go back to bed for a couple of hours. All right. Around 10 a.m., she started to hear cries from the seventh-month-old, and okay. that woke her up. She went to go tend to her daughter, and then she went to go wake up Jeremy. Okay. Jeremy was nowhere to be found. Oh, wow. Okay. And she then realized, of course, he wasn't in the house. Okay. And not at home. Wow. So she began to frantically search around the trailer. There was just no sign of Jeremy anywhere. So she started to call the sheriff department and the sheriff sheriff's office. Okay. And the deputies arrived within one hour. Okay. They went to the next door neighbor and started asking questions. The next door neighbor said they possibly saw Jeremy outside of his family's trailer playing with his dog by the mailbox at approximately 8.45 that morning. Okay. 
but no one else had seen it. Okay. Interesting. Jeremy's mother told the police that it was that was kind of odd because Jeremy would have never been outside when there was such inclement weather because it was still raining. Okay. From the night before. That is weird. Like what kids like, I'm gonna go play in the rain with my dog. Right. Like at just in a downpour of rain. Yeah, no. So she also pointed out that Jeremy left his favorite jacket and shoes in his room. Okay. So he didn't even wear like those things outside during a rainstorm. Yeah. So yeah, it, even more so does not make sense at this point. Mm-hmm. They also reported that the dog was still reportedly seen playing. When the dog was reportedly playing, he would always stay by the side of Jeremy. And the dog was actually home. So they didn't understand how the dog would just all of a sudden be home and Jeremy not be home. Right. Like even if in that scenario, if Jeremy was outside playing in the downpour and he was playing with the dog and let's say if he got kidnapped in that moment, it's not like the kidnappers would be like, gotta let the dog inside, <laughs> you know, like they're gonna know if the dog's right. gone. Like, I mean, typically in that moment, I'm assuming it's like a grab and go situation. Right. Yeah. I mean, like you're in a hurry. You don't want to get caught. I'm not going to worry about the dog. Right. Or if it's a cute dog, let's take that dog, too. I mean, I'm already taking a four year old. Well, yeah. Got weird. I mean, I would steal that dog, depending if it was cute. And the four year old? Which, no, just the dog. 90% of 90% of whether I would steal a dog is, is uh, related to its cuteness level. So, oh, 100%. I was, I like, I would like to go on the record saying I've never stolen a dog before in my life. I need to, but I need to be sure to tell everyone that. Yes. Yes. But have I thought about it? Yeah. <laughs> See a dog at a dog park. I'm like, it's a cute dog. I'm going to steal that dog. Never would do it. I think I would need to know how big it's going to get before <laughs> I steal a dog. Because I always want to steal the puppies. True. true. But you never know. You, you never know. You got to look at the paws, man. You got to look at the paws. <laughs> if they're big paws, it's going to be a big dog. True that. <laughs> the, so the severity of all of this started to grow and the sheriff's office responded by organizing a large search party approximately a three mile radius so leading up to like we got to do a search party did they i wonder if they thought like would it even have been a possibility like the dad took jeremy to work with him no because she was or she said bye to him this that morning fair you're right she made the coffee for him you're right you're right she saw him leave the house without jeremy yeah okay 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 yeah so men and women of the south carolina law enforcement division the south carolina wildlife and marine resources department the sheriff's office combed through the woods and fields surrounding the russell hills area in hopes of finding jeremy it's raining let's go into the woods (laughs) well i mean that's the perfect time to find a child that's by itself because you don't want to leave it in the rain. Oh, that's true. Leave him. In no, the no, room. no. I'm saying like if I was like Jeremy, it's not like oh. it's downpour rain. I'm going to go play in the woods. Yeah. But, but I also am not a four-year-old kid, so I don't know what goes on in the minds of a four-year-old. Right. They just like wander off. I mean, I do be the king of wandering off. So could you imagine you at four? We should ask your mother. 
I was an angel. Okay. Uh, so the volunteer firefighters <laughs> and the Aiken County community members joined in making the search participants number over 100 people. Okay. Uh, officers canvassed the neighborhood and then follow up with any possible leads. Okay. And family members were questioned several times, and many were polygraphed with negative results. Okay. There were two ponds less than half a mile from Jeremy's home, and they were subsequently drained. Okay. Because fears arose that drowning. The, the, yeah, the boy might have accidentally drowned. Yeah. Among the group of searchers was a former Aiken reporter named Fran Chapman Smith, who said she responded to the area when the newsroom heard about the search okay. over the police scanner. From that day on, she would continue to follow Jeremy's case throughout her reporting career. Okay. Because she just felt so close to it. Well, definitely. Yeah. Is it, isn't it illegal to, like, listen to a police scanner? I think... I don't know. Because I feel like it's very common. I feel like a lot of people do it. Oh, a lot of people do um, But I always thought there was, like, some illegality to listening to a police scanner. But I guess if it's just radio waves, I mean. It is just radio waves. Like, anybody can really tune in, I guess. I don't know. I just, I've always wondered that. And for her to just be like, I heard this on the police scanner. Like, maybe it's not illegal. <laughs> well, in the 80s, I think I think there's different frequencies now. So okay. it's a little bit harder. Okay. Like, you actually have to have, like, the scanner. Yes. But, like, in the 80s, it was on a frequency that was more easily accessible. Okay. I feel like. I'm not 100% sure, but that's my assumption. Oh, just about every state makes it legal to own a police scanner. All right. Yeah, I mean, what are so they no. trying to hide? Right, <laughs> right. And I do know people that listen to it sometimes when they're driving a little too fast to make sure they're not. Suspect is driving 120 miles an hour down Colfax Avenue. Oh, shit. Gotta get off Colfax. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they know me. <laughs> They have my 40. <laughs> 20? My 20? Oh. What's like, your 20? What's your 40? What I is don't it? know what a 40 is. I think it's a 20. A 40 is an alcoholic beverage. Well, yeah. <laughs> they have my 20, and I just said my 6. That means my back. Like, watch my 6. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's get back to uh, Miss Chapman, was it? The reporter? Yes. So, um... Fran Chapman Smith. So she goes on record later talking about how she's worked a ton of cases and this one captured everyone's attention and everyone's heart. And she talks about being a mother later on in her life. She couldn't even fathom of losing a four year old child and not knowing what's going on. Well, yeah, I'm not even a father and I can't even understand the trauma right. that that would induce. Yeah. So it's definitely terrifying. I mean, I wouldn't know, but I can just only imagine. Yeah. I think about my niece and I'm just like, I would. True. I would be on a rampage. Absolutely. 
So the searchers held out for hope for many days, trekking through all the muddy areas, the drained ponds, and checking every area in the surrounding woods in hopes of finding any trace of Jeremy. Okay. They even got helicopters, and they flew them overhead searching for Jeremy from above okay. to see if they could see any clues or indications of where he might have gone. Okay. So as they were searching the grounds, Jeremy's biological father came into the picture named, and his name was Ray. Okay. He also reportedly spent all hours of the night calling out for Jeremy and searching and was really, really distraught. Now, I'm not, I, I know I said that all slyly. He hasn't been a suspect. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So I was like, oh, no. No, no, no. He isn't a suspect. <laughs> okay. Um, but he, he definitely was distraught just like everyone else. Okay. Uh, as Ray puts it, he said, I walked most of these woods hollering for him myself. Just anybody who hollered for him and he didn't know them, he wouldn't answer. He was so shy. That's why I was out there. Mm. In 2005, his father, Ray, recalls the search for his son was full of frustration. Uh, several days after he was missing, there were some of the neighboring counties that claimed they heard nothing about it. And that word had never gotten out to the neighboring counties that a four-year-old was missing. Oh, yikes. Okay. So after nearly three days of searching with nothing coming up, the sheriff's office announced that they believed Jeremy was kidnapped. Okay. <laughs> Fear swept over the Hills neighborhood and the Aiken County area, and neighbors said they never forgot about the feeling they had and the the fear that they had for their own children mm -hmm. because of this instance. Okay. Well, yeah. Yeah. Terrifying. Some community members talked about how it had messed up their kids' psyche as well because they all played in the front yards. Yeah. And then they heard about their friend or this, you know, kidnapping and they... From that day forward, the kids wanted to play in the backyard instead of the front yard because it was more... I mean... Yeah, it was more safe. Makes sense. Yeah, but you don't think about that in the 80s. In the 80s, people were That's just true. going about their business doing whatever. Now, 40 years. Well, it's, it, was, it was always wild to me when it was like a small town. And it was like, yeah, everybody left their doors unlocked at night. And then... You know, such and such as neighbor got murdered and everybody started locking their doors. And I was like, y'all didn't lock your doors. No, I locked. I locked the doors like routinely to where like Kyle gets frustrated with me. Oh, I do, too. I'm like, every door must be locked at all times. I sometimes like Grant will be outside in the backyard and I'll be there with him. And then I come inside and I instinctually just lock the door and I lock him out. Because I'm just so yeah. used to locking the door as soon yeah. as I walk in the door. I've done that before. Yeah. And then I hear banging at the door. And I'm like, oops, sorry. You're like, murderer. <laughs> so there were no suspects. They didn't know what would go on, what yeah, was going like, okay. on. They couldn't find any evidence, any clues, any trace of anything. Okay. Then this man started coming into the picture named William Ernest Downs. William? William. He was actually charged as a child serial killer. Wow. Okay. Yes. 
um, he was questioned, but he was charged later in life. Okay. And he was actually questioned by the case, uh, the Grice case managers. Okay. Um, because previously, and I'm not going to get into this, he, he murdered a little girl named Tiffany Elizabeth Nelson. Okay. Um, and so they just wanted to associate since they, you know, Jeremy was a child, Tiffany was a child, they were around wow. the same age. Um, all of that. So William Downs was a man in his early 30s who had just moved to Augusta two or three months before the murder of the kindergartner, um, Tiffany. And he had a history in town of being moved away, coming back. You know, he just had a weird history in town and weird uh, perception because he would hang around kids. Okay. So... Williams was arrested just a week after Keenan's murder. Okay. On April 25th and charged with sexual assault, kidnapping, and murder. Pro- prosecutors made it clear that they were pursuing the death penalty in those heinous crimes and began to question if Downs had any more involvement in any Augusta area crimes. That's when they started questioning him about Jeremy. Okay. So during the various interrogations, Downs confessed to murdering a child named Keenan O'Malia and also confessed confessed to another uh, Augusta-based cold case. Okay. But when he was questioned about Jeremy, he said he had nothing to do with it and he didn't know anything. At the time hmm. of Jeremy going missing, he would have actually just been a teenager. Okay. Um, and so they can easily understand that maybe he wasn't involved in that, but he, you know, yeah, you never know. Yeah. Interesting. So at, as it stands today, it's an ongoing cold case. Okay. Uh, they receive tips and possible sightings of Jeremy every now and then, but each one has turned out to be a dead end. Flyers were printed and passed around. Reward money was offered. But there was never anything that led to his being found. Okay. As of now, today, uh, the Jer- the sheriff's office reports that Jeremy's case is still ongoing. Okay. And if they have any significant leads, they will be sure to track it down. He would have actually been 41 this year. Okay. In May. Um, and that's all we know. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, if he was kidnapped and, you know, somebody raised him as their own, I mean, four years old is a very young age to where they probably don't remember much about anything. I I think there's been so many um, news stories coming out lately because they're trying to get word out there because he is at a point, obviously he's in his 40s, that he probably wouldn't have remembered when he was smaller or whatever but now they're trying to like get it back out there so maybe it can trigger someone's memory if he still is alive yeah yeah if like he remembers at one point that he lived in like a trailer or something yeah playing you know, out in the mud with, with a dog yeah but then there's no pictures of that dog like anywhere you yeah. know in his family's pictures craziness I mean, I hope that's always my my hope with these um, unsolved cases that took place, you know, in the 70s, 80s, even the 90s um, that 
they're just out there still like and they're healthy and they're thriving and they're good they just don't know of the trauma that happened to them when they were younger yeah it's just still so amazing to me though that when his dad was having a an interview later in life that nobody in the surrounding counties knew anything about it yeah that's weird that 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 is strange you know, I remember in the 80s and 90s, they used to put pictures of missing kids on milk cartons and all over. Mm -hmm. And you can't even work with your next county's sheriff, to, like, yeah. police department. You know what's crazy, though, is that I'm trying to, like, isolate, like, a time in present day where I've seen, like, a picture of a missing child or anything. I mean, we get Amber Alerts for things that... Are in our immediate area or even just in the state of Colorado. Right. Um, but like I don't I, I I don't know if I've ever seen like a missing child like poster or anything in like today's time. Uh, I haven't seen a poster, but I mean if you Google the a kid's name, you'll see a poster. Yeah. Um with like a then and maybe now like graphic. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. No, I'm just I'm the only reason I bring that up is because I'm just I'm just wondering like how do they do it in present time? And unless it like gets picked up by the news and then that's when it starts spreading on social media and things of that nature. But it's like I I don't know. Like I feel like back then, like you said, it would be on milk cartons, it would be they would advertise that like we're looking for this person. And now I'm I don't know. Well, There's his... got to be a website or something, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. But not in the 80s. I well, mean... yeah, yeah, yeah. But his dad also in one of the news reports that I read said, I wish there was something like an Amber Alert actually in the 80s because I feel like we it would have gotten the word out a lot quicker. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And so it's just sad that we didn't have the capabilities and technology in the 80s for these kinds of situations. Mm -hmm. Because the Amber Alert came out later in like the 90s early 2000s didn't it yeah yeah sad thank you for listening to this episode of unsolved america head on over to facebook and instagram and follow us at unsolved america mvp and be sure to subscribe to our show on your favorite podcast platform if you need to contact us please email unsolved america mvp at gmail.com and we'll talk to you next week this has been an mvp podcast my village productions 